Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. This is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Kat Dapsack for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Meaning guest, ranking things in Star Wars, pretty simple. And a man who is simply one of the best Star Wars commentators, pundits, and fans out there. Not that it's a contest, by the way, but it's <laughs> Joseph Scribjohn. I am happy to win the contest with myself when I wake up in the morning and say, can I be the best commentator that I can yeah. be? I, I try to win every day at yeah, beating yeah. myself. <laughs> I, I started to talk and I was like, I was like, nah, we, we, you and I don't like that vibe of fans of note. We're just all fans of Star Wars, but uh, you're uh, one of my favorites to talk Star Wars with and rank Star Wars with. And Joseph, we've got a pretty fun one here today. And, and, and folks, if you're listening, go along with us on this one here. This is the fantasy special editions for the sequel era that we would like. These are our dream scenarios here of, let's say, the sequel era. era. All films so far, Rogue One, Solo included, 7, 8, and 9, leaving out the TV shows for right now, the films, let's say 10, 15 years. 
Uh, Lucasfilm says, hey, you know what's kind of a tradition in Star Wars? Special editions. What would we want to be added in? Maybe scenes put back in. Totally dream fantasy scenes that don't exist, that weren't shot, but could be in the movie. And uh, Joseph, we're going to start there, but also really want to strike the right tone here. This is complete fun in celebrating these movies. Yeah, absolutely. I you, you sent me this idea, and I was like, this is so much fun. I think partially because of just the the tradition, the history of the special editions. You know, uh, when the first special edition of the original trilogies came out in the theaters in 97, that was both like a moment of huge fan explosion of, of you know, I had one fan who was like, here are George Lucas's three sins. <laughs> so like there was there was umbrage, right? There was a there was fan anger. That was kind of the beginning of. Uh, but I want the Star Wars the way I grew up with it, period. And I don't want yeah. the creators to touch it. But then there was also, as we always say, um, playground and bar conversations for me in 97. It was bar conversations of. Which changes did you like and why and how did they make a difference? And so it was like a really fun conversation. And and when you sent me this idea, that was what is exciting to me about it of like, if something like this happened, what would be the changes like might actually make a difference? And you might actually go, oh, wow. Yeah, you know, that that really adds this new spin. Or what would be those changes uh, like just, uh, oh, well, they added some more scenes in Mos Eisley or, or even like they added the windows in Bespin. Like yeah. they, it's just aesthetic for the most part. It doesn't change anything. And then like, you know, Lucas kept making those changes into the into the different uh, home video releases. And the one that always jumps out at me is there are more rocks for R2 to hide behind, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's special. That's all to say just the, the idea of uh, special mm-hmm. edition changes has this history of a little bit of weight, but a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. No, that's a great way to say it. Of, of Yeah, absolutely. Han shot first. Those T-shirts, the the campaigns, the anger about that uh, dominated a lot of the 1997 conversation. But those movies, we celebrate those special editions. You and I love a lot of things in them because they brought a lot of new fans to Star Wars. So it's kind of the spirit we're doing because for every Han shot first screaming match people would have often with themselves in 1997 or at the bar or playground. Uh, there was also the little things you just said, man. Wow, but I do kind of like how the X-Wings look. Oh, man, it's great to see Biggs again. Cloud City, you mentioned all those kind of things. So Wampa, quality Wampa shots. Quality Wampa shot indeed. Um, so that's the, the the spirit of this conversation. We're going mostly with scenes. We we didn't even uh, you know really touch the aesthetic stuff that might come up in the conversation, <laughs> but also you know a little bit of a different era. And it, we're not too far off of this. Do the math. Nineteen ninety seven. Uh, you are just about 14, 15 years from Return of the Jedi. So as you pointed out in a recent episode, we're not too far. <laughs> four years away from the tenth anniversary of Force Awakens. Oh, that scares me. So these uh, these could be upon us sooner than later. Uh, we're approaching this the spirit of fun and celebration as we always do here on Force Center and Star Wars Ranks. So Joseph, we're going to begin our fantasy special editions for the sequel era list with your number five. My number five starts with one that has a little bit of comedy to it, but also has a little bit of sincerity to it. I'm going to The Force Awakens, and I'm saying, let's make it political. Yes. <laughs> let's lean into making it similar to the prequels. This is a thing that people discussed when Force Awakens came out, that there there's a little bit of uncertainty about what was actually going on, the politics, does is the resistance actually supported by the Republic or not? How did the First Order just get started and nobody really paid attention? All those kind of things. And I have always been in the camp of like, 
you know what? It's there in the crawl if you can figure it all out. Um, but I also have always thought that well, there's definitely there was definitely a big push uh, when Force Awakens came out and was being advertised of don't worry. Uh, we know some fans back in the day didn't like the prequels. This is going to be more like the original trilogy. So I think there was a concern yeah. not to start uh, with, you know, uh, votes and taxation <laughs> and that kind of thing. But I, in my special edition, there's absolutely a huge scene like that. There's a yeah. character. This is this is my scene. Uh, Corsella makes her case to the Senate. Uh, <laughs> full. I want a full Senate scene. I want to see, we you know, when the New Republic formed, and they're like, well, let's not do the discs again. That's a, that's yeah. just bad memories. Uh, what did they make the Senate room look like? Uh, we got the Chancellor Villachem character. Um, Corsella was a character who was a, an, a, an, a partner and aide of Leia. She gets uh, sent to make the one last case to try to talk the Republic into you really need to take the First Order seriously. We have that lingering shot uh, when the Hosnian system is destroyed of Corsella and Chancellor Villachem on a balcony. Mm. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think maybe we have even two scenes, one in the Senate yeah. and then one more in Chancellor Villachem's office <laughs> yes. right before this happens. Uh, but I think that would be an interesting and fascinating scene. It would tie back to the prequels to really make it political. And I think it would actually really sell the idea of the Force Awakens uh, and the First Order in particular, this idea that the First Order is a political entity that has kind of pushed into the, the galaxies we know it a little bit. And the government, the Republic, just isn't functioning super well again. And they really just want to take it as like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some loudmouths kind of cosplaying the Empire, but yeah. let's let's not get ahead of ourselves and call everything that scares us the Empire. Let's not go overboard with that and see that denial, see that appeasement, see that great tradition that does happen in real life of of people not wanting to admit the possibility of conflict is here because yeah. it's so understandable to not want the conflict. And it's that's like that's Leia's bravery, right? To say like the problem is here. I don't want it to be here. It's incredibly personally painful for me because my son is involved and it'd be painful even if it wasn't. But there's no point in looking away from the truth. Let's go. So to have that kind of Corsella, uh, let's look at the truth versus the, uh, yeah, maybe, but I don't want to <laughs> yeah. uh, from from the government and frame it entirely political. You don't make it so the First Order aren't paying their taxes as political as possible to yeah. connect it to the prequels. This, yeah, this is uh, old school Force Center listeners are probably like, oh, here goes Cat about Corsella. This used to be one of my favorite things to talk about back in the day, Joseph. It's, it, 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 look, it's true. Let's do the business of it, the politics, maybe cut it out. I, you know, and I would say I get it. I, I, I get what they maybe thought they needed to do uh, making this film. But that, that state of the galaxy that we always would talk about, that phrase would be brought up a lot coming out of episode seven, all the discussions around it of just kind of want to maybe a little better explanation of and everything. And, and we don't intend to say this is any kind of correction. I, I think the movie stands on its own. And I think the you can connect, you can read the supplemental material, start and go into seven, eight, nine or watch it, even Star Wars Resistance, the, the TV show. You get this sense. You get the feeling. All this Absolutely. is still. Yeah, it's still present. But it's such a potentially great scene. It's so great, you know, that even J.J. has said that, yeah, you know, they decided that the the Leia introduction on Takadana was more powerful than some of the stuff they'd shot with Corsella earlier. But that it, it just kind of it did uh, it did make the Hosnian Cataclysm sequence a little less 
uh, emotional uh, than maybe it could have been. And and that's something they said later on. So there you go. JJ's even thinking special editions down the line. <laughs> exactly. And I agree with JJ. I, I, those deleted scenes are great, but I think that Leia introduction is just golden. So I would not want the scene of Leia sending Corsella. I just want Corsella being like, I am yeah. an emissary of Leia Organa. Listen to me, you know, uh, and make it all about yeah. Corsella yelling at Chancellor Villachem. Yeah, and 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 the spirit of our list is yes. There's a lot of deleted scenes out there, but these are completely. Uh, we're going back in time to shoot some of these scenes in this discussion. Uh, yeah, so Corsella, Maisie Richardson Sellers played her in a brief second, a brief second, but it's a character that means so much more. This is a great list, and you, you know, Joseph, I, do you think in an alternate reality, say say Force Awakens comes in 2016 and Rogue One somehow comes out first? I, this is would never have happened, but. Do you think they would have been a little bit more confident to include some more political uh, state of the galaxy world building in episode seven? I think so. I think so. Uh, yeah. Um, just because so, of the the changes in the real world. I think also, yeah, Rogue One is political at its heart. It's not, we're not, we've got that, you know, briefing scene, obviously that nobody's talking about uh, taxation and trade routes and the things that, that some people feel dry. I also just yeah. feel like there was a kind of a tipping point where the prequel generation got old enough to say like, look, <laughs> that's yeah. our star Wars, you know, period. Yeah. We're, we're loud and proud and we're here. Loud and proud in here. So great way to start our list. The the ballad of Corsella. Corsella makes her case to the Senate. And maybe the uh maybe like the offspring of Noah Jabel would be there going, it's nothing. <laughs> I think he's still there. I think old Noah Jabel is, is still there in the Senate <laughs> denying things. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh we are off and running here. Fantasy special edition of the sequel era. Uh we're going to my number five, and we are going to solo a Star Wars story. I'm going towards the end of the film. I love the end of that film. I love the beats. I, I love the the game. I love Han uh, getting one over on Lando and getting the Falcon. And then I, I've always thought one of the more emotional scenes is just them at the end, Chewie and Han about to start their adventures together as smugglers. We know where it ends up. And they put their hands on the uh, hyperdrive and, and launch the Falcon into a uh, light speed. Right. I, I love that. I've always loved that, but I wouldn't. So I'm not going to take away from, from that, but I, I would love a little bit before that of the actual, just a little beat, a little scene of Chewie and Han moving into the Falcon. Like, bags, you get that bunk, clear out these capes. Lando could be there upset, trying to win the Falcon back, add some extra tension to their story, um, and, and just have, give me, the, give me the Han and Chewie looking around going, hey, hey, this is going to be home, almost to mirror the Chewie, we're home thing later on. I don't need the direct emotional connection. I get it, it's there, but I just... Han coming in like a kid moving into his dorm room, just kind of dropping a duffel bag and taking over. Uh, it's not deep. It's not super emotional, Joseph. It's not political at all. It's just <laughs> the dude's got his RV and he's ready with his buddy to move on and move forward. I, I really like this because there's so many great beats of comedy that I can see in my head, like character building comedy of uh, just there's this image of Chewie just throwing the capes at Lando like Chewie's still in the Falcon. <laughs> Down the landing platform, <laughs> catching that. Uh, and you're right. There's like an emotion to the, them, like kind of taking it in, you know, and like, yeah, we're here. And like, there's almost some like maybe uh, maybe Han, like, you know, whips off uh, his jacket and like throws it on the floor. And Chewie just looks at it like, oh, this is the way it's going to be. I'm, this is a flying <laughs> dorm room that I'm stuck in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chewie having that little uh, 
A little growl. Yeah, like I said, it, it, I, I love how it plays. Uh, I love it. It's just there's something hilarious to me when they actually, you know, solo diving into this, like, look at what Lando did with this wonderful ship and look at what Han ended up doing. Uh, it's something that always uh, resonates. Again, and me being a Han guy, I, I, loved, I would love to have a ship that looks like Lando's, but realistically, I'd make it look like, like Han's version. <laughs> yes, I would very much be like Han, too. Of like, no, I did this on purpose, so people underestimate it. Yeah. Yeah, don't you move Totally those a choice. Piles. Yeah, don't move those piles. I know everything in those piles. Don't move them. Don't move them. <laughs> I haven't cleaned my kitchen because I don't want people to, you know, I want people to underestimate my kitchen and be surprised <laughs> by what it can do that's what they do that's what they do oh man so that's uh that's my list it's uh it's not deep it's just fun uh solo chewing on move into the falcon which means we're up to your number four uh my number four is also not particularly deep but watch i'll probably uh start going on about the great depth of it because uh, that's what i always end up doing but my number four i'm going to the last jedi i'm going to one of those very nerdy moments of like but i like that thing and i wanted it to be okay uh i want a scene in The Last Jedi that confirms the survival and the possible return of one of the most important characters in the sequel trilogy, and that is Finn and Poe's jacket. I want (laughs) confirmation of what happened to that jacket, because that was like one of my, like, I think it was probably like late at night, like maybe going to bed, like I after the first viewing of Last Jedi, and processing all my feelings about the film really thinking through all the luke stuff really starting to see how all the ideas hook together and uh just making mad notes for our eventual discussion and you know getting up early and seeing it again and really i think that was like on my list in my mind of things i wanted to check when i went back to see it again of like is there any little scene in the background where you see that you know when when finn and rose get off the first order shuttle they actually do still have the jacket (laughs) because obviously you know finn takes it off to uh to dress up in in the first order disguise he's still got his same undershirt on and i'm just like screaming in my mind like poe sewed that up for you it's so cool that the holes from kylo's wounds are stitched together uh yeah. where where is it so what i want is just and this is probably the my most like actual special edition george lucas like uh of i just want after the supremacy has has blown up and you're in awe of what's happening to Holdo, uh, just one tiny little shot where you can see the jacket drifting out in space among the wreckage. And you don't know what's going to happen to it, but you know it survived. And you know years from now, it's going to end up in some places like Ma's basement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Like, yeah, this is great. I, I want this to fly. This is like Indiana Jones in his hat, right? Where just you don't need to question it. The wind blew it back to him. Don't you worry about it. The jacket floating down, surviving atmosphere, atmosphere reentry. I don't care. I want it just I want it just to appear. The force, the force will guide the jacket home. Yeah, no, look, look, in, in whatever year it is, 2048, uh, that uh, we've got a film uh, starring uh, uh, Finn's child. Yeah, and they they have reason to go to crate and like this is where my dad almost died, almost threw it all away. Hey, what's this? Yeah, <laughs> discovers the jacket. The jacket, just a short story of the jacket all through the ages. <laughs> exactly, That'd be great. No, it's great. That that's uh, that's uh, I, I can always see you know exterior space. A lone jacket floats to, <laughs> floats to the surface. 
this even could be like a real just like nothing actually changes in the film. There's just, a, it, you know, if you really, really zoom in, you notice that got put in in the background. Like it, this yeah. could not even be a new shot. This could just be added to an existing shot. Love it. Love yeah. It. How did you how did you feel about the, uh, the loss of the jacket? Did it ever bother you? Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it, it bothered me, but I do. I, I really do love the symbolism of the jacket and, 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 and what it meant between the two and, you know, pose over bite. I mean, lip bite. I mean, come on, who doesn't love that moment? Uh, but yeah, so, so it's something like that, that, that um, when you focus on it, it does mean more to me than I would think I would even think on the surface, if that makes sense, you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. So it would be, it, it would be a, it'd be a cross between a real sentimental uh, thing, but also a fun runner to me if the jacket just survives keeps going and it keeps getting beat up and re-sewed and uh, yeah it <laughs> doesn't matter to me just it's there yeah i think it is just that, that great moment it looks good on you and then the fact that uh, poe fixed it up for finn it's just it's like this symbol of their friendship you know and, and even yeah. ray got to wear it yeah right yeah yeah absolutely and that uh and there's yeah they're tracking tracking the jacket even in force awakens so Especially at the end of the movie is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, so that's my number four. The jacket lives. The jacket lives. Love that. Well, my number four is also from the Last Jedi. Uh, we and we didn't set a rule where we had to have one from each movie, but kind of you know it's kind of where your mind goes. So I was thinking about Last Jedi and where to dive in and what's a little piece of story that might still be out there. And I went with this idea. One of my Favorite descriptions on uh, the old Wikipedia there. It might even be from uh, uh, an official source, too, uh, from a book, I do believe. Yeah, yeah, the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary. Of course, Ken, of course. But uh, the wonderful show, Databank Brawl, that we uh, used to do regularly, it'll, it'll be back in a, in a way at some point. Friends, don't you worry. We get asked that question a lot. But, uh, Joseph, your, your show, Databank Brawl, also, always spotlighted, put a spotlight on the 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 wonderful weirdos in the galaxy and the characters <laughs> in the background and little side stories that could exist and master code breaker and lovey the uh, uh the, the 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 great scene in canto bite a lot of people don't love it the music cue justin Thoreau's cameo just the fact that uh, he wasn't the code breaker that ends up on the mission all those things we get it we get it i've always loved it it's something about it i like canto bite i like the high society kind of atmosphere there's this little line that says lovey was also carefully studying the master codebreaker in the hopes of usurping his title. That's right. What? So <laughs> this is this is not this doesn't add anything to the movie. It doesn't. I just give me a beat. Give me a beat where all the cat maybe the father heirs are running through something. I'm not, I'm not suggesting she kill him, Joseph. I'm not suggesting that. But maybe I've also been watching a lot of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Those I've been just did the. Bond rewatch there recently here. So maybe I'm uh, not opposed to some poison or something. <laughs> a femme fatale doing some, uh, a, a dirty deed there. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if she just took him out. I'll just say, took him out. You fans can decide what you want to <laughs> do with that there. But lovey usurps the master code breaker. Just a little side story, a little extra beat. Maybe she's got a look uh, in that scene that we don't really see that. She's just like, ah, oh, this guy, the time has come. I've been playing him. I'm a double agent. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to become the master code breaker. Cause I know I can. And, and then we see it and it happens. And Ken is happy. I didn't need it. I didn't walk away out of that movie going, you know, great movie. Really would have loved more with Lovey killing Master Codebreaker. But in thinking about it and digging in, 
it's uh you know it's one of the fun little things that could be there it's a side story you know when we get that uh, from a certain point of view the last jedi novel this might be a story oh. and, and i'll finally be happy um but that's what i want love you uh, usurps the master code breaker this is uh, such a great one. This is such a strange intersection of things that have been on my mind. Star Wars, as always. Uh, I've been doing a rewatch of uh, of David Lynch films. Justin Thoreau has a, a large role in Mulholland Drive, uh, my my favorite uh, Lynch film, uh, which is he's he's great in that. And he he plays a guy who is losing control constantly. So I can picture him doing this. Right, 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 right. Uh, but I've also, uh, I've been rewatching the whole Bond series uh, with my wife. Can't wait to get to the Daniel Craig. But this is really fun that that detail is in there, right? Because there is, it's a Bond pastiche up to a point, right? Of the the high roller, the the mm-hmm. fancy, elegant guy. That, that There's a little bit of Bond uh, uh, influence in that music that not everybody likes. Um, but it's definitely got this energy uh, that, oh, d- is Lovey what Master Codebreaker thinks of as like a Bond girl? Is she just on his arm or is she actually, like you're saying, a double agent? That's such a great Bondian twist. I'm glad that that detail is in the visual dictionary. Yeah. Here, here's what I think is happening. I think uh, that Red Palm Bloom was actually uh, planted by Lovey mm. uh, and it's got a lethal shock in it. So I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy with, you know, our heroes get arrested and then the scene comes back to them and you see Lovey like push a button on her wrist and then <laughs> Master Codebreaker gets shocked. Yeah. Falls yeah. over on the table. <laughs> and just collapses. <laughs> Chips everywhere. Yeah. And she takes his winning and just saunters out. Yeah. Then we get the, we get the Lovey a standalone story later on. Yeah. And then uh, Nieper's pan pick, uh, the private yeah. detective can run over again. What's happening? I'm all Nieper's is on the case. <laughs> I forget the voice we probably assigned to Neepers in the databank brawl we did with Neepers, but uh, uh, I can't remember either. But it's wild, it's crazy. I love Canto Bite. I know it's not for everyone, but give me more, give me more. So that is my number four, Lovey and the Master Code Breaker, which means we're up to your number three. That's a great number four. My number three, I'm going now to solo a Star Wars story, and I really took inspiration from one of the most controversial changes uh, additions expansions uh, to the original trilogy return of the jedi the new expanded jabba's band scene of jedi rocks uh, i think uh, frankly lulilo primak needs the same treatment <laughs> i think that there needs to be i, I love uh, you know the the song that's there it is absolutely great it should absolutely stay um, but then there should just be a whole other Lulilo Primak song. Uh, you know, no, no offense to uh, uh, Rodia Ventifoli, no. uh, but I think that uh, I think when the heroes come back, right? Um, right? We don't really, I don't, there doesn't seem to be much going on in uh, the yacht, right? I mean, we, we see them down there at the B, uh, handing over their weapons, right? Yeah. And, and they're just pretty much in the office, right? Um, yeah, I, I really think that there should be uh, a, a still a party going on, but just like a much smaller one, like a much more intimate one. Oh, and yeah. and you, this is Lulilo doing like a tortured uh, torch song, like uh, like uh, Frank Sinatra, one for the road, just like my baby left me kind of song, just haunting, beautiful, 
just uh, some sad Imperials uh, sitting alone at the bar, uh, turning their drinks around in their hands. You could uh, foreshadow a little bit of what, what Han's afraid of, that, that Kira might leave him. Uh, I think we need, this is like, you know, a whole music video inserted into yeah. solo a star wars story I, i'm 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 here for for uh i'm here for it in a big way i you just uh, that weirdo lilo primuck it remains one of my favorite characters and experiences in seeing a star wars movie only because of your <laughs> hype which we've discussed many times <laughs> on the show. i totally get it i just can't explain the joy i felt knowing that i just i had the chance to see it uh, slightly before you and just i just i just knew the joy that was going to hit you later on i'm happy for a friend when they become joyful so give me more give me more of the story what he was what, hey, you're, that 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 uh, uh, a torch song you say you, you're you're more familiar with the snatch world or, or the, those style but that, that's a great i've never really heard that term um i love that I uh, love that. Uh, I'm a big fan of you too. So two, uh, you know, two shots of happy, one such shot, shot of sad, which was their Sinatra tribute song. Give me something like that. Give me something <laughs> Star Wars. Make it, yeah, like intimate VIP. Uh, just a few people around, all you know, sipping their drinks. Chewie can be their double fist if we need him back for that. Uh, I I love everything about this. Yeah, that would be so great. And you know, I'll, I'll get you some Sinatra uh, torch song albums here at some point. Uh, I'm very happy for you that you're in a good, solid relationship. Uh, but I should have got you these albums earlier because because <laughs> the way it worked back in the day is he would have a, a swing album that would be mostly happy, uh, and then he would have a saloon album with uh, torch songs that would be just all uh, just devastating heartbreak and that's the kind of song i want for lilo primock great to listen to when you've had a breakup oh that's the best if we can have a star wars version of the smokehouse restaurant like <laughs> exactly that'd be great. that's my number three great number three great number three all right we are going to my number three and we're moving on to rogue one for me on my list here and I actually had a couple options here so some will show up uh, in honorable mentions and i went with this one Rogue One, Cassian Andor, and Shirt Emway have a talk, have a little extra beat about faith and purpose and why they're all here. Uh, we love all these characters in Rogue One and never to take anything away from the movie, but there's some things that you might have learned in the Rogue, Rogue One novelization or even uh, uh, Rebel Rising, the, the, the YA novel by Beth Revis. Uh, even, uh, you know, Catalyst always gets brought up. Uh, it makes the movie better. I don't think that's a correct statement, but the, the part... The part of the problem is just there's so much wonderful information that you can't dump into every movie. It's just not how it works. One of my favorites, and I think one of our favorites here at Four Center, is Cassian growing up kind of as a separatist in a way, his family and a different view. And Cassian's view on Jedi and the Force and uh, maybe him not having even a chance to believe in it, uh, maybe not understanding it, and maybe turning around some of the things he experienced as a uh, kid in a war that he had no choice to be about being in and how it transferred into his beliefs on those types growing up. And, and we get we get his uh, kind of disparaging kind of uh, tone towards the Wills, uh, Bays, and Sherrod when we first meet them. Um, uh, Rogue One isn't a necessarily directly about the Force, but you and I would argue But all of Star Wars is about light and dark and the choices every day that, that leads you down those paths. So having maybe a, a, a chance to talk right before battle, a little bit of uh, a Gandalf talking to, uh, you know, Pip or Mary before the big war, just having this kind of, you know, bigger spiritual conversations in a tiny, tiny moment. Uh, I, I'd be there for that. Share it kind of discussing 
where casting is now. And maybe even that idea about, you know, you don't necessarily have to believe in the force or what I'm uh, here for, but you're kind of an example of it. And you're choosing that light side right now and you're, you're committing to this and you're making it all worthwhile. I, it's a bigger conversation and, and you might only have a couple lines to get it across, but I think I'd love to see that show up in a Rogue One special edition. Oh, this is a great one. This is one of the, the our, our, you know, we, we've got our jackets floating in space. And then we got some <laughs> deep, meaty ones like this. Now, I totally agree with you. Um, I think some of the it, novels, uh, including the little uh, YA Guardians of the Wills book, um, they enhance the film, right? But yeah. the, I think the film ultimately does. And I've had my ups and downs with it. But I think ultimately it really stands uh, alone. But one of the, the I think, uh, great things about Rogue One, but sometimes tantalizing, maybe verging on frustrating, is there's so much meat on the table <laughs> yeah. uh, to be explored. And one of those things is the Guardians of the Wills. Of It works really well, the mood of the film, the lessons of the film, the ideas of the film, that they were, you know, whatever their exact day-to-day -day was, whatever their exact philosophy is, it's clear that they both used to be believers. We get that line, yeah. right, about he used to be, uh, that Bayes used to be the most devout of all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we get it that Bayes lost his faith in the Force, in the old ways, uh, in the traditions, uh, but he hasn't lost his uh, faith or love in Chirrut. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a scene like this would only enhance it of, like, they're going to this battle, right? Because you're talking about they're, they're on their way to Scarif, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're going into this battle. They clearly both have have seen who Jin is. They believe in Jin. Uh, they've had their ups and downs with Cassian, but obviously they believe in him, or they wouldn't be there. It, it makes sense for me of of Chirrut saying, you know, where are you at, Baze? You know, or maybe yeah. even Baze uh, pushing Chirrut of like, are you sure this is you know worth it? Mm -hmm. Worth possibly giving up everything. And it would be great because you could even kind of leave the conversation. You could get a little hint of their relationship of, of what it used to be like when they were more in lockstep. Mm -hmm. And you could have it be a little bit unresolved because I really like that in the moment of death, it seems like Baze is, is willing to express belief again mm -hmm. in the moment of Chirrut's death, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and I, I love, uh, I love your. I, I shouldn't have left uh, Bayes out of that conversation at all. Like he should be there as well. It's just an example of uh, maybe Sherrod's just holding court with everyone. Gather around, believers. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, but no, that's a great, great example. It's, it, it's subtle as well. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, Rogue One for all. It, it, it's 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 absolutely a fun experience for me. I really enjoy that movie and keep and keep enjoying it. There's some of the stuff that I would look at. Eh, second act, maybe one more beat where the whole team gets together which can be just surface level criticism to be honest about even just my own uh, takes on it but i think you're right you're touching on some stuff that could be there we're not saying this is a correction but just be a fun discussion of the force during wartime yeah yeah no and you're totally right though to focus on the cassian side of it because there is a little bit of an unresolved beat of like that you know the force moves darkly around somebody who intends to kill but then he doesn't kill and how does cheer it feel about that because it does seem to be able to, to to pride himself on sensing uh the truth that people's uh, true hearts right yeah uh so that would be a really really great conversation uh, of um I, I was getting obsessed with the base part of it but the cassian part of it you, you're really right of of cheer it you know yeah. really wrestling with well what is your true heart cassian what is your true heart answer andor answer maybe <laughs> uh, maybe we'll dive into a little bit of uh, of the why in the andor series 
Yeah. So that's my number three. We are going on to your number two. We are discussing, of course, fantasy special editions for the sequel era. Just having some fun looking at these films and seeing what else could be there. Sir, what is your number two? Uh, my number two, I'm going to Rogue One, a Star Wars story as well. And this is one that could be its own little scene or it could just be inserted in the background somewhere and uh, maybe a little bit more on the comic side. Uh, but we have this grand tradition in Star Wars of the different troops who are, you know, uh, ready for different environments. And like in Solo, we really get to see like, OK, well, those uh, range troopers, it looks like their necks are very warm <laughs> with all the fur and those magnetic boots really make a difference. Uh, I want that same glory for my favorite trooper, probably uh, the shore trooper. I want to see uh, we got there's great images of the stormtroopers uh, just like ankle knee deep in in the water, right? Uh, or the shore, as you might call it. Uh, <laughs> beautiful shots. Wouldn't trade them for anything. But like, I want those extended, and I want like a couple of the stormtroopers to just get stuck in the sand to fall over, and then the shore troopers. We see that their boots are designed for sand oh, and low yeah. levels of water. And they just come zipping through the beach, through the shore, <laughs> and have to pick up the dumb regular stormtroopers with their dumb regular armor who can't handle beach running. This, this, is, this is spectacular because I want now like a short film on the Battle of Scarif from this point of view, where we actually get kind of a, it's almost like, you know, Bad Batch, Regs versus Clone Force 99, like <laughs> short troopers just being like, gosh, we've got these clod hoppers around us, man. <laughs> these idiots who just don't know how to handle sand. One's getting stuck on the, I can't move. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I really want the short troopers to earn their due of like, look how great we are at shores. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is, you know, because the snow troopers, Hoth, we get it. There's some stuff on their gear that makes it, uh, they're, they're, you know, that's why they're dressed like that. Mud troopers. This is a tradition. This is a tradition. But even my beloved biker scouts, lighter weight armor, I guess. I don't know. B bigger, uh, you know, spot the uh, viewfinder. You can get more, you can see more with your eyes beneath those masks. I guess that's the advantage other than maybe just the training. The, the classification has maybe a lot to do with that. So I get those kind of conversations, but just, yes, I love what you're suggesting. The, 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 the excellence of the shore troopers on display. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, obviously it, it, the real world is just the aesthetic joy of the different troopers, but I also just like imagining that there's some, you know, basically used car salesman type who's like, no, 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 no. If you want, if you want somebody to be really good on a speeder bike, uh, they got to be dressed like this. This is an aerodynamic helmet I'm giving you here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's hilarious. I just see like one of the stormtroopers like it's, I'm taking on water. It's getting in my armor. <laughs> I'm taking on water. I'm taking on, you got to go on without me. <laughs> oh, that's spectacular. Oh. Might impact the drama a little bit, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm going wild. That's my yeah. number two. Totally fantasy special edition scene. Indeed. That's a great number two. All right, Fred, my number two, I'm going to The Force Awakens. And uh, yeah, I know, I know, I get it, everybody. Uh, Leia and Chewie should have hugged. You know what? I'll I'll pound a desk a little bit. And I, JJ has admitted, ah, might have been a little mistake. Sorry, I was in over my head to concentrate on a bigger scene and we went some other directions. I get it, said JJ all the way back in 2015. But, uh, and I felt they they did what they they, they tried. Rise of Skywalker, I won't even say try. I think they succeeded in giving Chewie some important moments all through and, and last oh. day as well. But yeah. I'm going back to this moment, and I, I'm not saying we we need the hug, by the way. 
in that moment. This is not my scene. My scene, though, is Leia sends off Chewbacca. This is mm. post-death of Han, post the return. Ray, that great scene with Leia and uh, Ray as she as Leia sends her off. I love that scene. It's so hopeful. It's so uh, it's so beautiful for that film and great use of, of a lot of the Carrie Fisher saying Ray like that that pops up a lot and. I love that sequence and I love her dress. I love the look, but so I don't want to take away from that. That's the danger of every scene we're suggesting, right? It might take away some of the flow, but in that sequence somewhere, Leia and Chewie having a moment discussing as, as quick as they can. And, 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 in the, in the, in the, in the, in the need of the film's momentum there uh, and, and, and keeping that in mind, but just Han's death, but also please almost like, almost as if not directly saying it, but transfer your life debt to this, to this person. Hmm. Ray needs you. I need you to take care of Ray like you protected me on Bespin. When I, when I, you know, sunk into your fur as Han was uh, being lowered into the, the carbon <laughs> freezer. I need that love and energy that you had in honor of Han and honor of the man we both loved. I need you to make sure that it's transferred to Ray because she is the most important thing for the resistance right now. There's so many other things and people that are important, but we need her to do this and it's the Falcon and you need to go with her. And I'm asking you to love and protect her as you loved and protect me and Han. And that's the little beat a moment and, and do it in a carry way, do it in a layaway. I'm sure it'd be funny. I'm sure it'd be a little snarky, but do it. Give me that moment. Water coming down my eyes in the theater. I'm crying. I'm sweating. I'm crying. I'm crying. Uh, give me that moment. That's what I want at the Force Awakens. Oh man, that's a good one. That's a good one. I love the way you're you're concentrating on these images of of yeah of Leia pressing her face into into his fur. You know, a uh, uh, mm-hmm. part a uh, friend defender, part just giant hanky <laughs> that Chewie <laughs> is. Uh, that is a great image. But can you imagine the 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 potency if yeah. you know? she related, you know, how much Chewie always watches over everyone. You were there for me when I needed you. And like uh, this, this girl, Ray is, she's alone. She's alone. Like Han was when you found him, you know, and yeah. really connect to that. And then you get to see those mm-hmm. moments in solo. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's all. Oh, that's even, that's a great line. Yeah. Let's dump that in there. <laughs> let's dump that in there dump that in there that great line <laughs> just dump it in the bucket there no that's that's uh that's great i love it. it's that emotional canon uh we always celebrate here at four center uh i'd love to do that ah oh, man it's a great setup too because it just yeah chewie really gets a lot of great moments in the sequel trilogy i think uh great comedy moments in the last jedi with the porg business but that that great moment is people memed of like chewie being like the uh the uncle or you know the stepdad who's just like you want to go where to meet what boy? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not sure about it, but I'm, I'm there for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take you. And that, that energy and like that, you know, that great joke of like tell Finn and then, yeah. And then Chewie Roy's like, Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that real sense of connection between Ray and Chewie, that Chewie's really looking out for Ray. It would be mm-hmm. awesome. Great. So that is my number two. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, some honorable mentions and then our number one choices for a scene, an idea, a concept in our fantasy special editions for the sequel era. Stick around here at Star Wars Fantasy.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. 
Welcome back to Star Wars Ranks. Ken Napsok here with Joseph Scrimshaw, and we are talking about special editions for the sequel era. A completely daydream kind of idea here. We're not saying these are corrections that need to be made. The movie missed these points. We're saying, man, we love these movies so much. What else could be in there to just make our love that much more robust? So, uh, as always, Joseph, we're going to probably have some special editions. Things that hey, were so, so close. And we're going to talk about those. Well, I said special editions, some honorable mentions, <laughs> but they're special in our hearts. Uh, what do you have? What did, What almost made your top five? Yes, these are honorable mentions that someday in a special edition of this podcast can be added back into the main list. Uh, yeah, I went to The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and like we were saying at the top of this podcast, you know, we were having uh, some serious ones, some fun ones. If this was an all serious list, like for sure stuff you'd like it tweaked. Uh, this is probably my my biggest serious one is uh, more with Rose and the Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. in general. Uh, but in particular, I'm going to uh, there's this moment that I sort of daydreamed about it, the moment exists in the film. But then I daydreamed about it being expanded a little bit. And then the exact daydream I had pretty much is in the novelization. So maybe it was in the script at one point. Okay. Maybe it was even shot. Uh, so it could even be, wow, it could be added back. Um Big picture, you know, I think there should have been more of Rose. I think they should have made a bigger deal out of making it super concrete and clear that it is it is her engineering brilliance that figures out the weakness of the Sith Star Destroyers. Uh, I think she should have had a hero moment or more of an arc, all those things. Uh, but the little moment that I, I want is uh, I would love it clarified when Finn is telling Rose, you know, no, you you get in the shuttle. I'm staying here. I have to do this. Mm. And in the film, it seems like she's just concerned about him. Uh, but there's a great moment in the novelization of like, you know, I'm I'm doing what what you taught me this time. It, it's not like crate. I'm not running forward out of anger uh, to, you know, fight something I hate. I am doing with this with with peace and purpose. I am saving what I love. I am making sure that they can't ever take another kid the way they took me and Jana, you know, right. in the way they took your sister, you know, ultimately. Right. Um, I'm, I'm saving what I love. I know, know what I need to do. I think Finn just expressing that to Rose, even though it's, it's Finn doing the talking. Yeah. It's this nice bow in their relationship. It gives a like great uh, strength and, and validation to the journey that they went through together in the last Jedi. I uh, uh, couldn't agree more. Well said, uh, well said needed. And, uh, that's a great, that'd be a great spot to put it back in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so going from there to uh, the not as serious, mm-hmm. uh, well, kind of serious, uh, the other incredibly small thing, getting into the spirit of incredibly small changes, uh, where you have to Google, like, was that in there? Uh, the Rise of Skywalker as well. I would like, Ken, this would make all the difference in the world to me, a close-up of Hux's corpse. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love a Hux's journey. It's small, but it makes perfect sense to me. I love it because it is the opposite of Rose. Rose's advice, the way he says, like, I don't care uh, about you winning. I need Kylo Ren to lose. He is just uh, fighting what he hates. <laughs> you know, Kylo's treated him like a dog and he wants revenge. So his story really works for me. But the speed with which he's dispatched, right. uh, I feel like just a shot lingering on his on his face with just a little bit of John Williams music to, to just kind of drive home of like, see, this is what vengeance gets you. Yes. Yes. Maybe his tongue can be out like Snoke's. <laughs> uh, 
a slow lol. Yeah. <laughs> to just give some respect to this character, to slowly watch his tongue fall out. <laughs> yeah, a little. It's not, it's like, it's not, it's not justice for Hux, but uh, driving the point home for Hux hashtag. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Just a moment for the whole audience to go. Mm, yep. 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 All Hux. All Hux. Uh, my next one is also a little bit more on the comic side and still involves uh, General Hux. I'm going back to the Force Awakens. Uh, when the Force Awakens came out, we had some questions yep. about the nature of Kylo Ren's helmet. Does he have a closet full or is it just the one? Uh, then the destruction in Last Jedi, the uh, the reconfiguration into the scarred version in The Rise of Skywalker suggests to me that there is only one helmet, which means I need, yes. <laughs> quote unquote need, joking need, uh, a scene in The Force Awakens where Hux uh, finds Kylo Ren out there bleeding in the snowy forest, and Kylo Ren is like, "Gotta go back for my helmet. I left it on the bridge. <laughs> Get that helmet. <laughs> Get that helmet up off the floor." <laughs> exactly. And then just a, a scampering shot of Hux uh, sighing and things exploding all around him as he yeah. goes out onto that dangerous bridge to get Kylo Ren's helmet for him. Yeah. It's heavy. It's hard to lift. <laughs> how, heavy, how heavy is this thing? He's slipping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that would make all the difference in the world. That's- uh, yeah. So those are my, my first couple, but I want to bat it back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, only a few for me. I, you know, I could have, I had it. This is one of those honorable mention. We have to kind of cut yourself off. You could be, we could be doing this all day. Oh yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go to uh, Rise of Skywalker first. This is uh, this is only for me. Okay, this is only for me. I'm sure other people would appreciate it there. But as Snap Wexley, Tem and Snap Wexley is shot out of the sky, it's it's a tough moment. And you know he is uh, he's uh, married in the comics in the Poe Dameron comic. We know that we don't really get to uh, know his wife on screen. We don't see her at all. But um, one other character out there that is uh, it's, it's big in my heart, and and his death affected me in a big way back in the day. So this. Death, I want it to be connected. As Snap Wexley is falling out of the sky over Exegol, knowing that he's uh, he's he's checking out of this hotel called Life, I want him to yell for Mr. Bones. <laughs> Mr. Bones, coming home. Oh, I, I would love, I would love, you know, a whole remix of the, the whole Citizens Fleet general section of mm-hmm. The Rise of Skywalker that is, this is here to confuse viewers who've never read books or comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah, you could add, we could add that right now to both of our lists of just the ships come out of and we do that what they did in the, in the novel so well, right? What Ray Carson did this so well of all the characters and resistance characters, everything. Yeah, we could have done that in the movie. It could be, and, and you're exactly right. Everyone would be like, "Huh, who?" Yeah, no, the, you you get the the version where uh, where Snap uh, screams for Mister Bones, uh, and then you know a Wedge shows up, and at first he's like, uh, "Nice shooting, great flying," and then uh, and then a moment later he's like, "My son, <laughs> <laughs> what am I?" And, and I think Nora's passed away by this point, right? Or no, is she? I can't remember Resistance Reborn, that every detail. But yeah, Nora Wexley have Kaz have uh, have all of them, Jason have them all. Jason Sindula for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get that Mandalorian fighter with Grogu in it for sure. Let's go for it. Get them all in there. Do it. Let's do it. Uh, another one I, um, I, I want is in rogue one there. Uh, and that is, uh, again, I love the ending of rogue one. 
uh, special edition. You could, uh, you know, it could maybe redo some of the technology around the the uh, the Leia at the end of Rogue One. That, that could be something that would be keeping in the tradition of, of Star Wars special editions for sure. But in that sequence, again, you don't want to destroy the momentum. I don't think you end on them. I think you end on, on Leia saying hope. I think that's powerful. But as uh, everyone's running down the halls, everyone's getting position, uh, and Tilly's is heading to the, uh, the, the cockpit there, the, the deck, uh, we see 3PO and R2 and U3PO making their way down the hallway, scared and scampering, trying to get to safety. Just give me that beat to tie it directly to the beginning of New Hope. Do, does, do we need that? No. Do I need that? Yes. That's what I want. That would be pretty cool since you did get the 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 shot of R2 and 3PO and then there was the like, okay, now the, 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 they had to get on the Tantive V4, right? Before it was loaded. Did they, so that was before Raditz left, right? Like, yeah, uh, definitely a lot of that. Would you want U3PO uh, to see C3PO and say Ichuta or is that stealing the thunder from E3PO? Um, you know, you, yeah, you, uh, you could never have too many Ichutas in Star Wars. Like there's not <laughs> enough. So yeah, I'm, I'm there with that. Excellent. That's a great one. I just loved the image of it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, sticking with Rogue One, I'll kick it back to you here uh, as well. But uh, I, I, we did the the Cassian share it based stuff. I, I, I originally had in that slot the idea of Cassian and Jin having one more beat on the way to Scarif, and it might have been the same kind of conversation about purpose and why they're there, and both of them addressing things in the past. And we, I think, we really do get some. You, you could understand the Cassian Jin stuff even when when he stands up and says, uh, you know we're with you. We're going to go with you because I, I need to, you know, make sure all the thing, all the horrible things I feel I've done for this rebellion before uh, the questionable things, uh, the moral gray areas I've lived in. I want it to have purpose. I want it to be for the greater good. I, I think that's there, but having a little bit more, maybe it's a chance to work in some of the stuff where she had, the life she led had to do with thinking her father had abandoned her thinking that her father joined the empire, thinking that her father was dead and just kind of being out there. And, and that's why she didn't look up and just having a, a beat in a moment, uh, that um, is in the spirit. It kind of, I don't want to say pays off, but the, 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 when they both kind of look each other in the eyes, very close, very intimate moment before they, as they know, they're kind of, they've perhaps done and done what they needed to do and they're going to die for it. Uh, maybe a, an emotional bookend with that, if you know what I mean. I would really, really like that. I think that that would be great. Uh, I think this is partially just clearly, we really like all these characters in rogue one and, Yep. <laughs> just want even more, even more interaction with them, right? Yeah, which is why I'm looking forward to Andor, even though some of these other characters probably not going to be in that series. Uh, it's potential for more things like this. So uh, I've got one more, but I want to hear yours uh, before we uh, uh, head back to our main list here. Yeah, I got two more. Um, and one of them is also from Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just want to add more to Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, here's the thing. I, I think it could be done. Uh, that great uh, briefing scene uh, with uh, with Jen, uh, where she is resisting getting involved um, in having all of her rap sheet, uh, Liana Halleck rap sheet, Reddit, or all that. Put I rebel back in the scene. Come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, people have people have tattoos. It's their favorite line. And it's only from a trailer. We need to get that back in the film. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You could do you could do that all day with Rogue One based on those trailers. I mean, uh, Krennic walking across the battlefield in the cape, all those great shots that we've seen. And but that that's that's a damn good line. I love it. It's not cheesy to me. I've just always loved it. I think it works. I, I think there's a reason that it was really really uh, impacted. Uh, mm-hmm. It really really made an impact on yeah. on people from just a trailer of yeah. 
it, it, you know, it kind of hinted at what we ended up discovering in the actual briefing scene of like, this isn't quite the rebellion we know yet. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. I'd be, cool. I, I, I'd be happy with that one. That that would be fun. Uh, here's my final one. And this is one that, uh, that people have talked about before. This could be done well, or this could be done in a way that uh, would be criticized. <laughs> because it has the same spirit of some of the uh, the insertions in special edition. But I don't want a single scene changed. I don't want a single new shot. I just want a bunch of classic aliens digitally added to the entire sequel trilogy. Just oh, yeah. I just want suddenly leaning over somebody else's shoulder. There's an authorian in Moss's castle. Suddenly, uh, just uh, behind a father, there's a shocked uh, Aqualish. Uh, you know, I want a, a Gungan on Kajimi. Just I want a bunch of those uh, classic from both original and prequel trilogy aliens, the ones we see a ton in uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, I want them sprinkled throughout the sequel trilogy in uh, questionably digital ways. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, even more Star Wars tradition there. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you it, it, it. I don't. I. I the the, the non inclusion of classic aliens is both baffling to me and also completely fine. In a way, I don't spend a lot of time on it, but it is ba- it, It's baffling. I'll say for me, and I'll use that term. And I'll stand behind that term. Baffling. Just I. I've always thought there's a whole new. You know, they're, they're creating these characters and they're having fun and they're, they're the concept art of like let's go crazy. It's brand new stuff, new era. Um, so I get that. So that's why I just, I agree with you, just adding it to what's already there. Yeah. Like I totally, totally get the desire to have, uh, have new aliens and, and the new alien designs are absolutely great. I, I would have taken a sprinkling of the classics as well. I would not want to take away a single. Yeah. Let me be very clear on this. No other aliens get, uh, erased. It's just yeah. suddenly, <laughs> there's yep. a Godel who walks in front of the screen or a, a Deveronian in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, oddly enough, I think more people would have just kind of calmed down and, and enjoyed some of the stuff a little bit more in a way it was cause it was a big talking point early on. Right. It, it's, I mean, it still probably is, but that was an early talking point. Of, hey, Hey, where's an Aqualish? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me an Aqualish. <laughs> uh, great. Great honorable mention there. My final one here. We'll get back to the list. I'm going to solo. And this is uh, my idea here. Uh, Kira puts on a brave face and then takes control. I, I Again, something I don't think necessarily we need in the film, but because I, I think we all enjoy this character so much, a little bit more time with Kira is something that uh, is not a bad thing. And so after uh, Maul and Kira, you and I are going to be working together a lot more closely. That whole scene, we've got her looking out, uh, out of the... Uh, Window there at Han and Chewie, great shot. Uh, kind of a classic, almost a, you know, film noir shot there. Beautiful stuff. I, I don't need more than that. But I, this idea of she's she knows she knows what she's done. She now knows what she's up up against. She knows why she's done some some of the stuff, protect Han and take out Dryden. All that makes sense. And she knew what was going to you know she now be with working with Maul. She she knows what that means, uh, and she knows maybe what she wants to do with that. But it's 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 scary, and, and there's some some fear, and and even though she wanted to make this climb or felt she had to make this climb, she's now here, and and I think it's okay for her to be somewhat afraid of that, afraid of that moment, but know that she has to conquer that because she's now in control, and the Kira that now is starting to reemerge in storytelling has that control, and I think as she turns turns around, maybe goes back to the party, maybe there's a party going on. 
Lulio yeah. Mux doing your second song that you want. <laughs> He's on the third song now. Yeah, third song. And it's like I said, it's not that she's lying to herself, but she knows that, all right, I, I have to make this decision. I'm in control here now, and the battles in front of me are, are going to come, and I, I'm aware of that, and, and I know it has to be with Maul. But just give me that uh, Kira turns it on. Just boom. All right, I am now Kira in charge of Crimson Dawn. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of great, uh, great possibilities there. I love that classic film uh, noir vibe when she is watching uh, the ship fly away. It, it, it's almost like a, a Casablanca, you know, we'll, we'll always have Kessel <laughs> or Corellia or whatever they consider their best planet together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that moment. Yeah, because there's so much about Solo, again, much like Rogue One, of you just kind of want more because the characters are all so great, but ultimately in that film, they are all relating back to Han's story, right? So that moment makes sense because it's kind of her, like, I, I don't want to have to leave him, but but I need to, and he won't really know why, and he might not mm-hmm. understand, but this is for the best. Um, so it's kind of, you know, about him. So mo- another moment that's about her, mm-hmm. it totally would be great. And uh, it, it could be a great serious moment, but then when I was thinking about what you were describing it too, of like, that like okay i i know what i did i made my choice and i'm gonna face it like if there's a moment where you know uh she turns you know and really uh, straightens her shoulders uh yeah picks up dryden's corpse and throws him out the window <laughs> yeah <laughs> like all right this is my ship now yeah yeah there's something about that there uh, <laughs> you know just slowly like stuffing him out the window like doesn't quite fit <laughs> pushes a foot out there anyways we uh we love the character of kira as a lot of you out there do as well so that's uh, absolutely all right back to our uh main list here as we bring it to a close here joseph and i have been discussing the fantasy special edition scenes and sequences we'd love for the sequel era having some fun going deep and taking it a lot of different places we're going to my number one so joseph can close the show with his number one and well uh i am going to the rise of skywalker and perhaps i'm going to uh one of the bigger controversies of the film Palpatine and his return and that opening crawl, the dead speak. Now I'll say this in terms of just ranking opening crawls, if that's something you're interesting, uh, interested in uh, episode nine is not one of my favorites. I think it does its job. I think it's great. I don't have a super, super big problem with it. I just think some of the other ones are, are, are more to my liking. And uh, I get some of the criticism of the dead speak and the big answer, the big reveal of Palpatine's return is kind of buried in the crawl. Okay. I, I understand. I get that. So, in that, that spirit, Joseph, I'm saying, what if we actually hear, and I, I understand Palpatine's address was in a Fortnite video game. I know that. I know that. But let's let's put that aside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone tweeting me. Well, they actually did in Fortnite. I, 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 no problem with it being in Fortnite. Uh, you know, uh, so <laughs> that's all right. Um, here we go. Uh, what if we actually see or hear, more importantly, I don't need to see Palpatine. I think the reveal is wonderful. Um, so, um, I think, uh, if, if we hear the address around the galaxy and see some, almost like at the end of Rise of Skywalker, where we see mm. Bespin and Endor and, and kind of the, 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 citizens of the galaxy rising up. What if we see this, the other side of that, where now the citizens are hearing this and maybe some don't know what to make with it. You know, do they believe it? And, and even the resistance doesn't believe it, uh, up until maybe they, they have to, right. And we get some of those beats later on. So Beaumont can explains what it is. Um, but what if we see that and you could even end that little sequence that montage of you with, with Kylo hearing it. 
and Kylo and everyone's kind of frightened. And that energy and that thought that maybe, hey, we're, we, we're going to be okay and we, we can stand up and peace and purpose. And yes, maybe even the sacrifice of, of Luke, something I don't want to speak for your, for your Joseph, but we've, we've talked about like, we, we think Luke's message and his sacrifice definitely has value. It's there, but Hey, that's, it's easier to go hurrah and, 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 and harder to actually go, let's go fight. Let's do it. And that's yeah. part of the lesson, part of what Pose got to uh, put out there. And that's how and why the citizens fleet does come together in the end. So uh, it's, it's in my little monologue here. What if Palpatine's address shakes the very foundations of, of everyone around the galaxy. They're fearful. They don't know what to believe. They don't know what's going on. And first order, final order, all these things. And that, that, that momentum they thought they had is, is uh, tripped up. It's, it's uh, covered up in a blanket of fear. And then that can lead maybe in to Kylo Ren going to Exegol, which by the way, is still, I, I love that beginning. So we're not here to mess up that uh, momentum or trip up uh, anyone there, but you know what I mean? The fear of Palpatine returning leads to the success later on of everyone overcoming that fear to protect and serve and help everyone else in the galaxy. Oh, I love this idea. And I'm going to write some fan fiction about Palpatine called Blanket of Fear for sure. <laughs> the, no, that's great. I, and I, I love this. You, you could also put it when he puts out the, his second message, right? Because he gives a message in the film too, right? Of Yes. Uh, about the Sith uh, returning and, and this is it. Like after they've demonstrated the destructive power on Kajimi. So you could put it there too. Yeah. But, but I love, I love the idea of seeing flashes of terror because it does, like you're saying, it connects uh, to the citizens' fleet. It's got a great uh, power like the montage at the end of the film or at the end of the special edition of Return of the Jedi of, yeah. you know, the galaxy is all connected. These things affect everybody. But man, oh, you could have, uh, you could go to all of the aliens. You could go to the planet Ando and you could see all the Aqualish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, you could go to Ryloth and see Twi'leks. Oh my, ah, amazing. Yeah. Um you could go, Ken, mm. to Naboo, right? The place yeah. where he's from, the place where it all started. And you could have a scene in a courtyard where they have that statue of Qui-Gon Jinn. And you could see the Naboo and Gungans just looking terrified and guilty of like, ah, this is the worst ever story of, a, you know, hometown kid who made it big. The worst version of that ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. Home, hometown kid gone wrong. <laughs> hometown kid makes it big, threatens to kill entire galaxy again. I'm there for that. Yeah, that. Yeah, no, great addition. You're right. Yeah, there's some other beats in in the in the film, but uh, just the idea, the dead speak, and what that actually meant to the galaxy. I think. It's yeah, you're right. There is a yeah. there is a power to to the initial. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but but. Uh, Anywhere's fine with me, but but I think I think it's there. I think you and I would agree that it, it, you know it's there to a certain degree, and we we we've talked a lot about you know somehow Palpatine returned and all that kind of stuff, and we get the discussions around it that are maybe on, on the more negative side of that. But we we kind of love it. We kind of love what it means. We always go to what things mean. So maybe we could just see that fear up front, and that is why it is my number one choice for a fantasy special edition sequence in the sequel era. But now, sir, we're up to your number one. Uh, my number one is also going to be in the Rise of Skywalker, and this is something that uh, w would just be uh, very emotional for me, and I think would 
tie the film uh, together, tie the saga together with a little bit of uh, of prequel connection. Uh, I would be fine with, uh, I'm fine with the film the way it is. I think it works. I think it's really great to have, uh, you You were at the beginning of the film. I'm going to the end of the film. Right. Uh, you have that, that great moment of celebration, the hug between the main three, Finn, you know, uh, fulfilling his chosen role of, of holding them all together as they hug. We got those great moments of uh, the uh, chewing the background, showing 3PO and R2 is metal. And then we cut right to, uh, Ray on her her pilgrimage, um, mm. and I would be fine if there had been like a few more little scenes there of you know kind of after the party, people talking about what's next. And the main scene that I'm going to uh, that I would uh, would consider inserting in the uh, sequel special edition is uh, you know we know Babu Frick's there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, he was in the Y wing, yeah. <laughs> right? Hey, Babu. So, yeah. Yay, Babu. So he's running around there uh, trying not to be stepped on at the party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bunch of drunken heroes. So I think uh, slightly hung over Babu Frick. Here's uh, 3PO, uh, you know, maybe bickering with R2 about being sure to get his memory backed up. And Babu Frick's like, ah, I've been in there. There's some interesting stuff going on. And I think Babu Frick scampers up. <laughs> 3PO yeah. opens up the back of his head throws a switch and restores 3PO's entire memory. Love it. He All found a corrupted backup that that 3PO didn't even realize that Anakin had built in. <laughs> <laughs> really go deep and tie it all together that there's even more redundant mechanical systems of memory that even R2 didn't know about but Babu saw when he was really in there. He he flicks it back on. Uh, I'm presenting some of this in a jokey way, but here's the heartfelt part of it to me is a, a moment where 3PO's full memory truly returns which I think centers him and R2 as the storytellers as the witnesses as the ones who are there for all of this in different pieces and in different ways with three generations and 3PO you know has some like oh my the, the, so much more it all it all fits and then just just a moment of of 3PO saying oh oh uh, you know Mistress Padme mm. Because I really think the, I would have loved a, a an acknowledgement of of Padme. We get the wonderful moment of Anakin saying, uh, "You know, restore the balances I have," um, which I understand other people don't like. I really like that. I think that ties things together. I think just an acknowledgement of Padme being a huge part of this legacy somewhere in the film would have been really cool. And I think mm. uh, this could be a, a fun way to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The full story. The full story. I used to make the joke of what if episode nine ends with 3PO and R2 look into the skies and 3PO says, well, and these were our Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> um, but but in some kind of actually serious way to do it. And, and uh, the, the, the poor guy gets all the memory back. The wipes he's suffered all <laughs> through his career. Uh, that'd be great. It'd be sweet. It'd be sentimental. And it would try because there's so much justice for 3PO in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, yeah, get so right. many moments, right? He gets it, and to have it all back, it's like not that he he didn't need to earn it and prove that he, but to get it all back is some sort of reward. It'd be, yeah, it'd be great, and he could kind of, uh, yeah. And then the Padme thing is, yeah, I, I, I do think that's something I, I do feel is missing from Rise of Skywalker, uh, and I know you agree there too. So uh, yeah, that's a great way, great way to end it. Three PO and R two does a beep. Three PO starts talking, and Babu's just like, "Hey, memories complete." Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. hey, hey, yeah. And you'd really, 
you'd really have to cut away while it's still sweet before 3PO goes, hey, wait. <laughs> uh, this, there's a lot of stuff in here that would have been good for me to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big emotional one. Uh, and, uh, yeah, what want to be super, super clear for myself on all these. Some of these are, like, fun and comic, and some of these, like, ooh, maybe that could have been. I, I also just like to uh, really embrace the films for what they are, and I think it can be a fun fan conversation about you know what beats to add but i also feel like the, the films for me largely work uh the the way they are and and i i just don't want to dis- it's fun it's really fun to have the what if and maybe uh, i just don't want to disappear into the should have you know yeah i 100 percent with you what if is a pr- what if is pretty fun what if is a good discussion especially if you build it off of what's already there what if a theme took us this way or what if this yeah and and the house uh, as we always uh, and the wise, which we always feel a little more important. So yeah, I, I think I think it, I think it's a, a good thing to be clear at the end. This is not a, a should of conversation, and I think everyone listening gets it. But we want to be clear because in this day and age, there's a lot of fists pounding on tables. <laughs> and yep, 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 yep. And if you want to pound your fist on more Corsella, I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> we have what we have, and it's also why we love celebrating the entire Star Wars saga, books, comic books. Uh, maps coloring books it's all there for us <laughs> to enjoy and this was a very fun discussion great list uh, joseph appreciate it so much hey if you're uh, just listening you want to find us you want to connect with us you can do so on twitter by going to at four center pod use hashtag star wars ranked we're on instagram youtube as well and uh, you can like our facebook page at four center podcast you can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash four center and don't forget, you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash four center podcast available on a lot of different spots. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon Music and more. The podcast wars are a brewing and everyone has their, their own place that they want podcasts to be. But, you know, where you can find us. Uh, you can also support us directly at patreon.com slash four center. You can follow me at catnapsack. Go to my, my website, catnapsack.com. If you want to see me perform comedy live, uh, if you're on the LA area, August 31st, I will be at the Ha Ha Cafe opening up for my good pal, Daniel Bridge. Yeah, Joseph, where can they find and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can uh, check out some of my uh, my reviews of my own action figures. Not even reviews. I'm just having fun with them. Uh, it's really been a ton of fun to look at them more closely. I just uh, posted a, a little video about my Flame Trooper action figure, and I never really realized that on the package, the Flame Trooper is shooting themselves with flames. So. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. It's hard out there being a Flame Trooper. Uh, anyway, so find me on any of those social media, or if you want to catch up with any of my other comedy adventures, all my stuff is uh, listed and linked on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Do it, my friends. Do it. So until next time, and for all the aliens hanging out in Maz's castle, because we know you're there, this one's for you. Star Wars has been ranked. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.